0: And welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveys, and today I'm here with James from The Life of Hair. Hi, James. How are you?
1: Hi, Denise. Yeah, I'm very well. How are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. We were just saying how bloody hot we are. But we are having a drink. Yay! What are you drinking Yay. today?
1: I've got a brew dog, Jagged Edge.
0: Mm. Mm. I have not find that. I've got, it's,
1: got- a, it's an Indian pale ale. It's nice.
0: <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that.
1: Delicious. I got Malbec
0: because I cracked open a bottle of Prosecco and it tasted like sweet apple juice. It was vile. So James instructed me to run downstairs and go and get another glass.
1: Yeah, this wasn't right. We can't do this without alcohol, literally.
0: No, exactly. So, James, what's your business called and what do you do?
1: So my business is called The Life of Hair. And um, The Life of Hair was primarily started off an idea of creating a, a YouTube channel. Um, So the sort of core structure of everything that I do is by creating or is from creating video content um, that is primarily aimed at professional hairdressers, although lots of different people consume it these days, which is very interesting. I find that interesting. People watch it like a cookery show, you know. Um, They watch it with a sort of slightly voyeuristic uh, perspective. just slowly watching my phone slide down so I'm just going to lift it up. Um, So yeah I think that's the sort of primary thing but beside that now um, I've got the Life of Hair Studio which is how Denise and I uh, came to know each other. Well it's not exactly how we came to know each other. It was a
0: little bit before that wasn't
1: it? It was a little bit before that but um, uh, Denise uh, uh, came on to some clubhouse um, uh, uh, events, I suppose, if you want to call them that. I don't really know what you call them. But anyway, uh, and uh, we got chatting on there, and I was kind of in the midst of taking the, the Life of Hair offline and creating this studio space, and Denise really helped me with that. So that's fantastic. And she doesn't know, but she's about to help me again. Um, And so, yeah, so now we've got the Life of Hair studio, we've got the Life of Hair YouTube channel, and we've got the Life of Hair Digital Academy, uh, which fluctuates, but we've had about 350 students pass through there since it started um March in 2020.
0: So oh, wow, like in the heat of the pandemic.
1: In the heat of the pandemic, we launched the Life of Hair Digital Academy. Um and just also, whilst I'm doing everything else, um I am re I am rebranding the Life of Hair Digital Academy into a whole new platform with a whole new software engine. Um, so nothing like doing things by halves. Um, everything is going on simultaneously whilst I also continue to run the life of hair and produce videos every single week. Um, and the life of hair now the, the, the YouTube side of things brings in a you know a great a, a sustainable income you know one that if I just decided that that's it, Jack it all in, do nothing. Um, I could you know I could pretty much get away with living off that so that would be amazing but I'm not like that (laughs) Um, and there's always you know they say more is always more Um, and so I just like to use these opportunities to kind of try new things do different things and that's where the studio idea came from that's where the digital academy idea came from and there's several other things that I'm working on as well in the background I can't share Exactly what that is with you yet, yeah, because it's not all the finalized little details, but you know, there's going to be like five or six things around the life of hair brand, if you like. Um, a, a type of license, well, I can kind of sh- disclose a little bit of one kind of a licensing agreement for people whose salons maybe are a little lackluster and they want some injection of life and education and stuff like that. Uh, we've got oh, this idea,
0: that.
1: yeah, yeah. So, we've got this idea that we're going to do a, 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 a pilot pilot run on a, on a salon, hopefully, and, and see how we get on with those guys. And if that works out, then maybe we'll see more of those uh, Life of Hair license agreements. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, basically that's the business. The business fundamentally sits around the content creation from YouTube and everything hinges off of that. Um, I'm really excited though for the studio space I've got so many ideas there obviously a lot of people are doing this kind of freelancing thing now Um, I'm going to take a completely different approach to that Um, I was going to only have this space uh, for me uh, and I was going to be in it alone and um, not have anyone else work with me but I had this sort of epiphany moment where I thought I would like some people around me that might want to be involved in the life of hair in a bigger way than just watch it. (coughs) So this is an exclusive, by the way, for anybody that's watching this. But um, I am going to uh, have uh, a select group of, uh, of people work with me, not for me, but with me, with the opportunities to grow within the life of hair brand um, but also do their own clients uh, independently under their own name under their own business create their own brand if they want if they want to branch out if they want to own a salon and they currently are not really sure um how that all works or have they got the financial wherewithals um i'm going to give people the opportunity hopefully to kind of take their hedges and careers into their own hands um and so, you know, yes, that very much sounds like kind of the freelancing thing that's happening. But what I find is I talk to a lot of people and, and certainly the girl, that I, I, one of the girls that's kind of okayed it and she's, she's 100% up for it. Her big thing was, how do I go freelance? James? I, I don't know what to do. And so what I've done uh, is really put together a package of like, right, here's the space. Here's every component that you need. I've found it all for you. I've done all the legwork. Now you just go and do your clients under your own brand. So I've taken all of the kind of like, well, what do I do to be a freelancer without you know washing hair in over kitchen sinks? You know, I've taken everything, every step that they need to take, put it into a package, and said, "There you go, off you go, be a freelancer," and then obviously pay me the the, the license fee. So that's a, that's another thing that kind of sets up in the last few weeks. Um. And 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 I think uh, uh, again another thing that I do you know like Denise anybody that knows Denise knows that she knows a bit of a thing or two about these kind of subjects so I will be running this one past you Denise don't worry uh, I'm already
0: sitting here going James yeah
1: yeah 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 we're, I'm already I'm already I, I know you are but um you know we we're we I am also you know uh, one of those people that I enjoy the kind of risk taking you know just if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You know, it it just doesn't matter. And I think too many people worry about what if it doesn't work. Well, just do something else. Just go and do something else. It doesn't matter.
0: No, Um, I'm exactly the same in my business. We've always got I've had Claire, who's been with me since the start, and she's the kind of yin to my yang. I'm the you of it, the kind of crazy ideas and constantly doing stuff, and she'll let she lets me do like ninety percent of the things, and occasionally she'll go absolutely not to something, and that kind of works with us. But I'm constantly saying, what? Why does why does it matter? Like, if this doesn't work, it doesn't matter because we've got another five businesses that are running fine. So this extra one, if it doesn't work, that's fine. We just do something different. So. I am yeah. fully on board with this
1: yeah I mean that's exactly that's exactly where I'm at with it you know it's like well I've got these other businesses if it goes pear-shaped so what I'll just come home you know <laughs> it, it it makes no odds you know and I was talking to someone the other day that's very cautious and you know they were like oh wish I was like you I was like well I, yeah, I am pretty pretty gun ho um generally speaking and and I just you know I'll I'll do something because I'm not worried what people say. I'm not worried what people think. Um I never really have been. You no, me And I think to myself, I would rather say I did it and I failed, um, than, than 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 get to the end of my days and say I'd never tried. Um and I see so many people around me, you know, all the time. And I think to myself, just try, just try. You know, they've got these ideas. I mean, just try you know but. I think
0: it's hard for us to understand the cautious people because it's just not in our mentality no. to to have that really kind of oh, terrified thing we're just like ah fuck it you know i fell over on a broke leg it's okay i've got another one they're like yes. oh my god you know you could die and we just don't think that way so it's just insane and I, you know i find it really interesting my mum, like, so I did a post about this yesterday, interestingly, but my dad's the kind of wild, crazy, mad one. And my mum's the businesswoman. And I've obviously got both of those traits to create me, which I find really fascinating. And whenever I'm with my mum, and I I try try not to tell her a lot of the things I'm doing because she finds it utterly terrifying because she is really cautious, a businesswoman, but cautious. She runs other people's businesses. So when I'm saying I'm doing this now, I'm doing this now, she's was utterly terrified for me and I just find it fascinating that people can kind of be like that I'm like oh fuck it you know what's the worst that can happen
1: yeah I totally agree I mean anybody that's listening to this watching it now I would say to you know and you and, and you're thinking to yourself, oh I wish I could be like that you know I think to, I think to myself all the time and I, and don't get me wrong I do have those thoughts um and I used to have them more uh, or what will what, what will people think of this? You know, what will people think of this idea? If it, You know, and and, and I, I actually have some, you know, they're not like friends of mine, but they're people that I know really, really well through the hair industry. And I and I watch their posts and I watch their the way that they deliver themselves, you know, and I think to myself, it's so for how people perceive them, it, they're, everything they're doing is to project a certain type of uh, persona, demeanour, one that will be readily accepted. Um, I I actually wouldn't be that bothered if no one ever said hello to me at a hair event again. You know, I I, I just wouldn't. You know, I could just walk around.
0: James, I think we might be the same person. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, maybe we are. You know, I, I would just blissfully walk around in my own world. Yeah, you, you know. I, do and you they,
0: have any desire for adoration either?
1: No, no, I don't want to be adored or or anything like that. I want, I want to, I want to create something that uh, my overall, my long term goal is like um, to create a, a hairdressing um, qualification that is recognised globally. that's the big goal in the in when when we're all said and done when I'm dead and buried I want that certification to hold the weight of like I've got a life of hair certification and people go oh great you know not here's your job you know but you know have that that gravitas with that one particular thing but I want to create like a globally standardized certification that everybody knows that's the one, you know, that's a certification that you can put on your CV first and foremost, um, that everybody would be, you know, that people would be proud to own. So that would be my like long-term goal, but I don't want to be adored and admired for it. I just want it to, I just want to do it. You know, I just want people to say, ah, I, have this uh, on my CV, be proud to tell people it's on their CV and also really want to help people that want to come into the industry sideways. And what I mean by sideways is the single mums out there that didn't train at college, the people who left hairdressing and forgot all about it and and wanted to come back into it. the, The guys out there that weren't necessarily brave enough to do it and they went off and did a bricklaying course and thought, oh crap, I hate bricklaying. The, 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 the odd bods, you know, I'm am the odd bod, you know, a, a person really. And and I kind of think I, whenever I think about doing stuff, I always think about it, doing it for the people that really are. Um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, this is going to sound maybe a little bit patronising, but the, 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 the what I like to call the 99%. We've got that 1%, those very well-known 1% of hairdressing globally. Uh, or just in their own country those people are are, are, you know they're great lovely I know loads of them but I don't really care that they've that that that, you know I don't want to be associated to them specifically because it makes me look all shiny I'm actually in it for the other guys for the 99 you know and 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 every scale on the 99 um now I spend hours and hours a week responding to very very uh straightforward hair questions from people all over the world um and you know i i I don't know if other hairdressers do that in my position i'm not sure i've however i what i will say is i have reached out to you know instagram head you know hairdressers and youtube hairdressers and heard nothing back now there will be people that could say that of me for sure you know where i've missed them they slipped through the net but I've reached out several times to quite a lot of them and, and not heard a thing. And, and, and to be honest, you know, if I can just help one person every day, that's like a big win for me. So if I can extrapolate that and help, you know, lots of people every single day across the globe to earn more money, to find a career that they love. Well, th- that's what's, that's what it's about for me. I, I'm not, I, I don't really know. Whether people love me or hate me, I'm not bothered, you know?
0: No. I quite like being a little bit more my I'd hate to be um, vanilla I think it would really upset me far more than than anything else if I'm perfectly honest but I wanted to ask you because I'm doing similar with my business obviously and it's my biggest fear because I'm very much like you I really want to help every salon. you know I have a very there's a very strong reason why I help salon owners and I and it was my choice to pick this industry and to help them and as I grow and build the business um I worry about being able to be one-to-one hands-on with the people who really need me and I don't mean that in a conceited way but I just mean because I have such a strong why so when I'm getting other people in on the business I would hate for it to be diluted and I sense that from you as well you have a strong why and really want to help the Ken 99 as you say. So as you grow your business, do you have any worries about it being diluted?
1: Of course, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And I think about that a lot because I can't do everything myself, you know, whatever I say about it um, as much as I might try. Um, But I think for me, you know, it's finding people that want to be uh, involved they may not share the same passion as me initially for the 99, but, you know, finding people that want to just share a little, whatever it is, you know, uh, and then I can kind of help guide them into mentor, if you will, um, them into being, you will always get a sense of dilution now. You know, you will always get a sense of dilution. And I think the good thing about m- my specific aim is that it's all digital pretty much um and of course you know the content is created by me made by me if other people are making content on the behalf of the life of hair obviously i'll be directing so you know for a good long while i don't foresee that as a huge problem but it could do eventually and in terms of a master plan for it i haven't made one yet i mean i've watched um Sachs, tony and guy vidal soon um all become very diluted over the years yeah but they haven't done it in the format and i'm not to say by anyone means anyone watching this don't feel like I, I, i'm putting myself in that, that that category but that's what i'm aiming for you know a, a globally recognized brand um for for you know the standards that i i, I aim for you know uh, some people say I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a half decent hairdresser, but I'm not the finest hairdresser on the planet. And I'm and I'm fine with that, you know, but what I have got is a critical eye. Um, I know what looks good and bad. And I understand hairdressing very, very technically. So, you know, some people, uh, you know, would might might sit there watching this or listening to this and saying, well, you know, who are you to dictate whether something's good or bad? Well, it's a bit like Usain Bolt's coach teaching him to run a sub 10 second, 100 meter or Mo Farah's, you know, coach teaching him to run a, a sub 28, 10K. It, they can't do it. They've never done it, but they can coach people to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think really that's the crux of it all is, is, is finding coaches, finding coaches that want to coach people to an extremely high standard that are willing to say, that's not good enough. That is not to the standard we want to attain. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing really going forward is finding people that are brave enough to stand there and say, what is that? You know, I mean, I've made YouTube videos where I've critiqued other people's work, you know, watching YouTube videos, not as much as I want to, but, you know, and I think to myself sometimes like, okay, it's great that they've shared it wonderful 10 out of 10 someone might learn from it but it's probably not the most concise precise way of producing the same thing over and over again because fundamentally that's what that's the idea of practice is that we produce the same things over and over again we create consistent quality and some techniques cannot be consistently high quality because of the nature of the way you've gone about them and so when i see stuff like that i feel like i need to say something um, it's
0: interesting you say that because I'm I'm not even in the industry as such as in I've never trained to be a hairdresser or any desire to or anything like that. Obviously, I come at it from a legal um, background, um, and that's what I bring to the party. But because I immerse myself in the industry and have done for such a long time, I do watch all of these clips and YouTube's and trainings and everything like that. And as somebody who automatically has a critical eye, because I have to, because I read such technical documents all the time, I have to be very thorough and, 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 you know, concentrate on things like that, I equally look at these videos and go, that color's not great. I mean, especially when I run, um, you know, yes, my team do it for me, but we have a UK salon owners, um, Instagram and Facebook page, and we get tagged in, you know, thousands of posts all the time. And it's really difficult to not, it's really difficult because we want to celebrate everybody who comes onto our page and everybody who tags us in and everything like that and and it's really important for us to thank them for for being on our page and everything and um and, and have a positive comment for everybody that is in our community but there are times when we have to sit there for a long time and think okay these these nails aren't good enough or this hair coloring isn't good enough or the cut isn't precise
1: mm. how
0: you know and especially things like extensions and stuff like that you know it's really important that it is very precise and and done really well and we have we sit there for a long time trying to find the right things to say to these people to encourage them to improve and encourage them to keep sharing encourage them to be part of our community but also not to say great work when it really isn't great work because that's an unfair thing to do I personally feel I feel very strongly that it's we should encourage people to improve, but, but not belittle them or anything like that. So I, with, without the background of training, can still see that people do share, and they choose to share, they choose to share work that isn't up to standard, and that does concern mm. me. So it's interesting that you also come across
1: that. I do, do you know Tom Connell? He was the creative director of Trevor Sorby until a couple of years ago and now he's the global artistic director of Davines. Um, I think probably going back about five years or so, I was at an event talking to Tom uh, with Dom Lehane who has How to Cut It um, and we were talking about critique. Um, and it was the first time that anyone had ever talked to me about critique that I was like, eight bloody men, eight men. Thank the Lord that somebody else thinks the same way I do. Because if I was a chef, I would have a food critic who's not a chef, not a chef, just somebody that likes the taste of food, like everybody does, maybe. And Yeah, oh I my
0: th- God, those weird people that don't care about food, what is that?
1: What is that about? What is that about? I just, I mean, my mum's like that. I, she can't taste, so she doesn't care about food. Blows her mind. Um, so, you know, they turn up in your restaurant, they sit down, they give an opinion, good, bad or indifferent, and it's just their opinion and it's critique. Um, and, and they're called critics and they get paid for it, you know, and they work for The Guardian. I, I, we don't have that. We don't have someone turn up in your salon and go, ah, yeah, wow, you know, and write a, a full blown, you know, column on, you know, whether you delivered a good haircut or not. And if you're a musician, you're expecting people to talk crap about you. Yeah. But as hairdressers, the minute, the minute we start and, and, and this is it, this is it. You know, some people comment on my YouTube saying, you know, that, uh, 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 bashing and whatever, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Not bashing, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but I'm not bashing anybody. I am pragmatically commenting on what I am seeing right in front of me. I'm not bashing anybody. It's not personal to the individual. I'm not saying they. I'm saying what this person is doing right now is going to cause X, Y, and Z down the road. You know, um, not they invented it and it's awful. You know, so and I think this is it. People don't understand it. And I've had to justify it several times, I mean, more than that, in, in, in videos, that I'm not there to, to, to personally attack anyone. It's just about making sure that somebody says something along the way. And I know that Dom La agrees with me. I know that um, he's got a, a new, very interesting thing that's happening. I don't think, I'm 100% sure I'm not allowed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> where they're going to be critiquing the industry thank god someone else is going to do it as well but it's okay to someone to say i don't like your work hairdressers we take it so personally and it's ingrained from our early training days i think when you do that client and you're very very unsure about what you're doing but you're doing it anyway and you're in the midst of it and then it goes wrong and the client's crying and you're crying and everybody's crying and it's such a negative experience that that it's carried through the rest of your career. The moment somebody says, I don't like it, you don't know what to do with yourself.
0: It essentially uh, translates to the other person as, I don't like you.
1: Yes, 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 yeah, 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 you're, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm sure. In fact, I'm sure you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I think because we're people pleasers, hairdressers, in a lot of ways, you know, we are people pleasers. Um, I'm not a huge people pleaser, so it's never really fazed me that much, you know. Uh, If you don't like it, well, just fix it. Don't cry. Just shut up and, you know, let me (laughs) fix your hair.
0: I'm a hairdresser. I can fix it. Yeah, no, I get that. There's two things that I've been dying to ask you, though, while we've been talking. One is industry standards or certification or license or something to bring standardization to the industry. What's your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think we're missing something. My only issue with it, though, got to say, my only issue is that, you know, the, the, the Leah Hayden Cassidy's, the Lee Stafford's, the whoever else that taught themselves to do hair in their mums.
0: Oh, James, it, we are the same person. I you know, said that in a clubhouse room today.
1: Did you? Did, did yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we lose them because, you know, we've created a barrier I hate barriers. I hate rules. I freaking hate rules. I hate rules like you can't imagine. I am the most ruleless person <laughs> you could ever meet. If someone puts a rule in front of me and says, this is the rule, I automatically have to break it. Um, even if I don't say anything, even if it's just broken and no one ever knows, I had to break it. End of story. Um yeah, I just hate rules. And so and so putting uh, barriers in the way, it frightens me a bit that we will, you, you lose raw talent that doesn't, that wants to start later in life, that can't go jump through all the hurdles. So it frightens me a bit, but I do agree that we do need to meet some kind of standard to to a degree. But how you police that and how that goes about is something that I've never come up with a bona fide solution to, you know. I
0: don't think there's one size fits all. I think there has to be something that allows for people to come through the ranks. And I also think there's something that needs to, people need to be able to demonstrate their ability to be Mm. able to pass something. Because I, not for me, I, you know, I'm very much of the opinion that um, school is like asking a fish to climb a tree because like you, you were exactly the same in school. You, you know, you, you weren't massively into academics or anything like that. I was, you know, hugely into exams and stuff like that. But if you put coursework in front of me, it's just never gonna happen. Not interested, I don't wanna do it. I'll sit there for five minutes, nail an exam, and then I'm out of there getting on with my life, that's just who I am. I'm always gonna be like that. I'm still like that. I think systems do not work for communities. So I think oh. there would have to be something that worked for them, for all people, different systems that work for all people that, that ended in the net result of there being something in place for the industry. Because at the moment, the fracturedness, that's not a word, of the industry it. just doesn't work and it's da- it's bordering on dangerous in my opinion
1: oh, i mean i think you're right i think you're right and i i i do you know and i've always said and I, and I said it a minute ago you know there does need to be something what it looks like i don't know the answer to that i don't know the answer to that and and and, 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 I, and i'm going to go out on a limb and say that i feel like the people who are trying to impose this type of ideology are not the right people either
0: they rarely are no no let me let me clarify that they never are
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know I uh, i don't know who the right people are gotta say but when i listen to people that are in charge of this kind of thing i always wonder what their motivation is and are they thinking about it as a bigger picture are they saying to themselves well, if you're truly passionate you'll go to college at 16 it, th- those people that go to college at 16 generally are not i mean you know they're generally not the most passionate hairdressers you come across you know they're generally not the eye-raising you know amazing hairdressers that
0: but they're never in any industry i wouldn't be a surveyor if i'd have done it the path that a surveyor's is supposed to do it mm. and... And I'm the only surveyor that specialises in a specific industry, so I would never be me if I, I had done it how mm. you're supposed to do it. So I personally feel very strongly about the fact that mavericks never do it the right way around. Ever. Mm.
1: Mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I had a pretty obscure entry into this industry. I mean, I, you know, I was pl- I was on the path to being a professional golfer. I discussed with you before, you know. At, at when you came onto the one of my lives I, I mean you know I I think to myself you know if someone and I and I've got all the traditional qualifications um although I haven't got all the qualifications that people always think you know they always think that I've got teaching qualifications and an level three and stuff I've just got MVQ level two and I think you know my teaching qualifications came much much later I did learn to be a teacher but I didn't learn to be a hairdressing teacher because I didn't think that was the right way of doing it. Um, it's a bit like I never wanted to be a salon owner in the traditional sense. You know, I never wanna do the, the the path that has been treading a thousand times before. You know, I wanna go through the bloody brambles and see what and see what we find. You know, the, the, the chap that taught me to teach uh, really and truthfully you know his name's Chris Moody some people may know of him for me the man is a living legend and the very very first day I met him his reputation precedes him um he's calmed down a little now but you know back then he was he was he was he was definitely a taskmaster you know and he was going to put you to task you want to be a teacher you've really got to um you know go through the mill and on the day I met him I said, look, hi, Chris, nice to meet you. I said, I'm going to be, you know, uh, my, we had a mutual friend. And I said, Adam's already enlightened me. You know, your reputation precedes you. I said, what I will say is here, though, is that cut me no slack. You know, take, I want it delivered on ice, you know, as brutally as you can uh, hit it at me, that's how I want it. And, and and I, you know, I think he, he, he definitely went down the road of like, okay, if that's how you want it, that's how you love it you know and but it was great it was great because you know he didn't he wasn't a, a formerly NVQ lecturing college you know style teacher either he had learned to teach in a completely different way as well and so therefore I was being taught by a maverick with ideas of you know uh delusion you know on my own behalf so you know and had a wonderful time learning to be a teacher it was the best ever it was the best best ever I I mean those those are years that I'll never ever forget and I spent years and years and years in classrooms on and off and and you know he, he bashed the crap out of me loads of times but I loved it you know I absolutely loved it and there's you know there's times where I think to myself you know we, we went through the, you know and it wasn't brutality but it was like it was serious you know it was like we are gonna get the best out of you or you're gonna give up you know um and maybe chris in hindsight maybe he doesn't feel below i don't know whether i don't know how he feels about it but you know people that i know that went through the same sort of thing at the same sort of time really felt like we were going through the mill you know and i think when people say to me you know mvq you know teaching qualifications etc and i say no none of that they're like what you don't need all that you don't need all that i don't want to be taught by an mvq assessor or mvq level three college lecturer or whatever who's <coughs> got a very specific way of doing things that was previously handed to her by somebody else who had a very specific way of doing There is nothing wrong with that. And anybody that's watching this, listening to this, that has done that, amen to you for doing that. It's not what I wanted. The the chap that got me into hairdressing, right, when he came up to me, long story, I won't bore you with it, but he came up to me and said, James, do you think that you would like to be a hairdresser? And bearing in mind, I was uh, 16 years old, and I was, uh, you know, in my mind, I was going to be a professional golfer. And he came up to me and um, he said, James, do you think you'd like to be a hairdresser? And I said, Keith, uh, I don't want anybody thinking I'm gay. That was my <laughs> literal initial answer. And, he, and he, said, he said, "He said, what's that got to do with it, James? Uh, and, you know, golf courses are sexist, chauvinistic, racist, homophobic places. I don't okay, care what you say um, about it. I don't care what well, you say about no, it. Is I, any golfer watching this telling me I'm talking crap? Listen, help. I spent my entire life on a golf course. Yep. Up to the age of 18. Um, trust me. You know, my you may not all 45 be
0: forty-five and I can tell you he still experiences all of that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
1: uh, look, they're not all like it, don't get me wrong. No, but, but you know, but there's a good there's enough of it out there for it to be epidemic, you know? Um and and and, and you know, so I, I was like, Look, I don't want anyone to think I'm gay. And um and he said, Do you think I'm gay? And my Initial response to that was, I said, this isn't about you, this is about me. I don't want thinking I'm gay. You can do whatever you like. You know, and he justified it with that he had a wife and uh, 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 and stuff. And I think he was a bit taken back and maybe most definitely offended by my kind of, but that was and when I think about my life, that sums up my life entirely. It's not about what other people want in, in in my book. It's what I want. Yeah you know whether that's selfish arrogant whatever so be it you know it, i will just pursue what i want to do you, you know and if and and, and like he said to me do you know don't want to be no i don't want to because don't do think i'm gay i mean i did worry about and what people thought about me i was 16 you know now i wouldn't care you know but uh, uh, it, life changes and we all grow and evolve and that's been a, a growing evolving thing with for me But it is just about doing it my way at the end of the day, you know, and I think that's for me, you know, I'm not a totalitarian dictator. You don't have to hold your things like this and cut like that. But I do want it to look good at the end, you know, and that's that really.
0: No, and I get that. And the more that I'm in the world, the more that I see it too. And I am fully on board with standards improving i just think it's really vital and i think it's better for the industry anyway so yes with that the other thing that i wanted to ask you was though why youtube what made you go down that route
1: great question i'll answer that as, as succinctly as i possibly can because it was a bit of a journey to youtube so i started instagram in 2017 um posting a few pictures daddy daddy da um, with medium success at the time, it was reasonably new. You know, there wasn't tons and tons of people doing it at that point. Um, there was plenty, though. And, and, and you know, I got a bit of traction and Instagram was easier to grow back then. I felt or well, not. I felt I knew. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, over time. I thought to myself, I I'm growing as an educator. I want to raise my profile. I want to sell my classes with Redkin. I'd like to do my own education. I'd like to be James Atkinson education. And that, and that was my other, that was my initial uh, really uh, wonderful business name. Um, And so I thought to myself, well, what's the best way of showing my skills, you know, because pictures are just very benign they're just very flat and I'm dyslexic. So I'm not the world's greatest writer, you know, so, I thought to myself, right, what I'll do is I'll start making small tutorials, put them on Instagram. So I created my first tutorial. This was uh, January uh, 2018. The very next day, the very day that I was about to post my uh, small tutorial, around five minutes, Instagram cut the time uh, to which you could post a video down to one minute. Uh, Disaster um so i was like oh no i don't want to post one minute videos i don't know what i can share in one minute uh because i like to talk too much so i was a little bit taken back but i thought instagram Mm -hmm. youtube then youtube why not and then i thought to myself no youtube's a big fish YouTube's like higher quality the videos that are on youtube now have been like professionally filmed a lot of them (coughs) um I remember watching a Matt Beck one, uh, who's who's free selling education and seeing, you know, like a behind the scenes shot of this great big cinema camera, you know, and and thinking to myself, crikey, what is that camera? You know, I didn't even know what one was, you know? And thinking to myself, you know, that's just, okay. I don't know how to do this. But I got into YouTube, I started to learn about how to make videos, how to edit videos, how to put them all together nicely. And then I thought, and it did, but, uh, guys, it took six months, really though, truthfully, more than six months. Five, uh, well, yeah, six months from my first kind of disappointment of the video time being cut down on Instagram to actually then posting on YouTube. Um, uh, I think it was the 2nd or the 6th of June, you know, uh, 29, 2018 that it actually managed to post a video and it was just a video of me walking down the road with my phone in my hand telling everybody what my intentions were. It's still on my YouTube if anyone ever wanted to see it. it's the very very first video you just have to go to the oldest video on there um and you know it really it really escalated from that from that point and um you know i i i I've got to say that it was without knowing it probably the best decision of my life Um, but it has been one hell of a journey one hell of a learning curve the hours that have gone into it i couldn't tell you denise how many hours have gone into it how many hours of sleep have been lost sitting up editing you know i have sat up till one two three in the morning well in fact here's here it is okay I had my first day um, in 1,035 days on my birthday, which was the 4th of July, where I didn't pick up my laptop, edit a video or create or start creating content. And that is every single day for 1,035 days until one or two in the morning. I mean, I've got three kids, you know, who are pretty young, who go to bed later than they should. You know, so I'm not starting till nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. Not even putting my laptop on my knee until that point. You know, and so therefore, you know, four or five hours worth of video editing, uh, uh, or now emailing as well and all that jazz, going into every single day. You know, so it's not YouTube's not an easy journey, guys, but it's bloody fruitful if you put the effort in. You know, unlike Instagram, unlike. Um, a lot of the other platforms they pay you you know they want you to produce great content they promote your videos they want you to succeed and until the other platforms get on board with that idea I will only produce content for YouTube because you know the amount of you know financial investment I mean down to my left here you know is is all my cameras you know I, I, I now film on four cinema cameras for my new studio setup, up and even in here where i used to film everything else where i'm sitting now you know i was filming on three separate cameras y- y- you know and i think to myself um that would none of this would be possible without youtube so yeah why youtube accident would i do it again tomorrow if someone said another 1035 days no 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 breaks would you do it again like that in fact i'm going to yeah. do another 1035 days Probably, you know, uh, because I just, you know, it, it, for me, it has been life changing. Without any shadow of a doubt, without any flinch, thought to change my life. So, really? anybody that's watching this, go for it. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I put the podcast on there, but I, you know, even I have a team of people that do that because I just. I don't do anything for myself, James. I'm, I'm like a fucking toddler when it comes to all this shit. I'm like, no, Vicky can do that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am, I'm am about to employ a video editor, but I'm still going to edit videos. I'm still going to create content. It's only because I want to produce four or five bits of content a week. I'll just lean over and show you the, you know, we we came from filming on my smartphone to these things. Nice. You know, with this. You know, so we've come a long way in a short space of time, but uh, 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 and and I'm making, I don't make vlogs, I don't make vlogs, I don't talk about my life hardly at all ever. Um, I've just landed two sponsorship deals um, and they haven't come easily. And so I'm making a vlog to sort of give you a snippet of my life to show you what goes into landing two sponsorship deals, you know having great equipment like that to film your videos on you know but you know i would do it every day of the week if someone took me back three years and said right the next 1035 days you're going to spend up till you know three in the morning editing videos you're going to have sleepless nights you're going to videos going to your data is going to crash and you're not going to go to bed that night and you're going to make your video and you're going to post it on sunday which has happened several times i'd do it all again like that Rewind. Totally. <coughs> so, yeah, I am um, in awe of it. Actually, I, I you know, I, I, I probably talk a bit, but I still actually can't believe it myself. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that about every single part of the journey of my business. And I but I the opposite to you, I do talk about the journey and my personal side of it and all of that because i think it's really important especially the whole like you know single mom and having no money and kids and all of that thing i think it's really important and not nothing sexist but i think it's really important for my demographic to see that actually when shit like that happens to you it doesn't mean the end of the world it just means you know brush yourself off and start again you know you just Mm. can't can't lay down and let it consume you. you have to keep going and you know, if 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 I'd have read stories about people that were in a similar situation to me, and then they, you know, made a success of themselves, then it might have helped me get out of the dark side of it faster. And I think of that every time I tell a story.
1: Mm, that's a great point. I mean, i think I think for me, I, I don't tell the story of it very often because I do. <laughs> I have this overwhelming thing where I just I'm like no one's interested in me. I'm not interesting. You know, it's like when people invite me to be on podcasts like this or talk about or do an interview. And I always have that kind of, and so I, you know, and but I'll, I'll never go on about that either because I think that's like, you know, one of those crap things that people do, you know, I'm not interesting, but, you know, I'm always very conscious that for me, I'm, Uh, what I'm producing, what I'm thinking about when I make a post, when I create a piece of content, I'm thinking about somebody upping their skills physically. And so that you're talking about a a kind of mental upskill, And it's something that I've never got around to. It's something that I've thought about. It's something that's come past my mind. It's like passed through it. Uh, And it's something that I might endeavour to do in time. But right now, right here, as I go through this journey, I still feel like I'm kind of, I'm still winging it, you know, I'm still making it up as I go along, you know.
0: But we, we surround ourselves with people who are, in other people's eyes, very far advanced in, in their career and almost celebrity status, or some of them are celebrity status, and we know that they still think that they're winging it. So that, for me, is fascinating because that changes. Yeah things for me every single day
1: because I speak
0: to them and when they get on the phone to me or they get on a zoom call to me and they ask me about their lease and they are having the same conversation with me as Sally down the road in a little high street salon in Bedford. Like there's no difference whatsoever. And that grounds me every single time. And I thank the Lord that I, get to have those conversations because it helps me understand it doesn't matter where you get to in your career you still have the same issues as everyone else mm,
1: I, yeah totally I, I mean uh back when I played golf um I, I remember I remember watching Tiger Woods getting beaten uh, Tiger Woods was for anybody that doesn't know who Tiger Woods was uh he was the world's best golfer at one point and a guy called Marco Mira, uh, who wasn't the world's best golfer at the time, beat him in a playoff in a major tournament. And when he was asked at the end, you know, how did you where did you find the metal to beat Tiger Woods at the height of his career? He said, well, he said all the way around. I was thinking to myself, he got out of bed this morning and he put his left leg in his left trouser leg and his right leg in his right trouser leg. And he did up his trousers exactly the same way I did. And so, you know, it was a level playing field. And um, and I think that 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 for me is something that I think about all the time. You know, uh, I think about a lot of great golfing quotes, actually, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, it, it, you know, um, it's another one from Sebi Ballesteros, who, rest his soul, was um, a great one of the greatest Spanish golfers that ever lived. Uh, it, it, he, he won a playoff in a major tournament and this... Um, uh, interviewer came up to him and said, you know, do you think you were lucky? You know, uh, he'd basically been fairly lucky to, to win the playoff. And his response to that was uh, the more I practice, the luckier I get, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that I think about all the time, you know, when I'm uh, putting the hours in, you know, and I'm really, really grinding it and it's tiring and it's hurt, it's, you know, it's physically hurting me sometimes to stay awake to produce, you know, these videos Um you know, I think to myself, it's just practice. You know, it'll all pay off. Don't worry about it. You know, and um, then you know, when I tell, but here's something that kind of, sort of, momentarily puts me off: the amount of people that say to me, uh, uh, James, why'd you, why'd you bother? <laughs> um, you know, and 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 you know, so and that and that makes me think. Well, I don't talk. That kind of lessens my impetus to talk about the journey, if you will you know mm-hmm. but I don't know
0: I don't know my answer to that is always because I love what I do so yeah um... yeah
1: yeah I, I don't really have an answer to that question like, why do you bother well I, I, I don't only do it for me you know so I guess that's the same you know I do it, I do it for a personal satisfaction rather than anybody else's
0: so if anyone wanted to find your work where can they find it
1: so on Instagram I'm at the life of hair one because I had the life of hair before I had Instagram and then on YouTube I'm uh, just the life of hair if you put that into the search bar you'll find it um and that's probably the best two places to find my work if you want to personally find me which don't share any personal things or if you want to send me a dm facebook is the best place to dm me so I'm James Atkinson on facebook um I only use facebook for work stuff really um but apart from that, really, they're not. I'm, I'm incognito. Um, if you want to email me, if you're an email fan, I'm hairjamesa at icloud.com. But, um, yeah, they're the best places to find me. Any questions, any advice you want, please don't hesitate. Just go for it
0: awesome thanks James so we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of the podcast with an eight mile moment so I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me I make that very clear and I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by doing the saying the worst things about him he's skinny is white his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him so James what's the worst things about you
1: oh my god um I'm fairly arrogant in fact, it can be very arrogant, narrow minded, not narrow minded, but very single minded, can't see either side of me. That's probably my biggest. Um, thing,
0: the fact that you know that makes you less arrogant, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what's the? I am I'm really hard work, like brutally hard work to be around. Um, yeah I, I mean you know I, I i'm not i'm not like shouty screamy with it but i i'm you know i'm hard work to work with i'm hard work to live with i'm just hard work to be around um that's that's probably my second that would be on par with you know my second or first worst trait um another the worst another worst thing about me i guess is that <clears throat> I become completely and utterly fixated on something to the detriment of everything else around me. Um, and I guess they're my worst three. I mean, bar picking my nose.
0: Ugh shame. <laughs> <Crazy beast.
1: laughs> um that's probably it, really. I mean, you know, those three traits are pretty hard to live with and hard to go by, you know. So, boys I are guess gross. boys are gross. Yeah. But well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, that, that is, you know, picking my nose is probably my worst habit. um Can't live without it, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We can't be friends anymore, but thanks anyway. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, oh, Picking
1: scabs, picking scabs, and terrible picking anything.
0: Yeah, I'm a picker, actually. Not the nose, though. That's gross.
1: Oh, no. Uh, 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 Maybe you're missing a trick here.
0: Oh, stop. (laughs) You say it like it's a hobby. I'm not talking to you anymore. Anyway, (laughs) say goodbye to the podcast, James.
1: Thanks a lot for having me. Look after yourself, guys.